This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Thanks to Holland Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials, the home of the Porterbooth Pro and Rode microphones. This week we're talking about taking direction. Direction's one of those funny things. It's 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 such a skill, I think, directing people. It's something that I I struggled with when I was starting out, but I think you know, without patting myself on the back, I think it's something that I'm actually reasonably good at now. Um, I, I think it's a required skill as an engineer. It is, totally. I think, And I think it's one that's slipping away a little bit. I mean, you know, there's always those classic stories. I mean, the, the greatest one I ever heard was a 30-second spot for a, a retail chain here in Australia uh, when I was working at a, a post-production facility. And, and the... Um, the, the spot was running 35 and the directive from the creative at the back of the room was, can you speed it up but not make it sound fast? Um, so that exact direction is what I, I, always, I always tell, and, and, and maybe this won't ring as true for you guys, but I say um, it's basically country without the twang. Like faster, <laughs> but don't sound faster. Yeah, that's right. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. And there's always, you know, the good old colour references as well and all that sort of stuff, yeah, which is always blue. interesting. Yeah. yeah, a little more purple now, would it's, be nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting how a lot of direction is, especially in the, um, the initial auditions or something like, don't sound like an announcer. Uh, but really, it's like, if you really didn't sound like an announcer, it'd be pretty boring. And so, so sometimes that direction doesn't always work or it's taken by the talent and the talent's like, I know what you really mean. I'm not really going <laughs> to yeah. completely read it like I'm bored. Um, so yeah, that there's, there's good direction and bad direction and, and good direction makes a session go quickly and bad direction can uh, hijack a session almost. Yeah. You know? So Andrew, from a, a, from a voiceover artist perspective, and I'm interested in your answer with this because I've never had this conversation with someone before, but it occurs to me, if you're in the if you're in the booth and there's four or five people in the room and and only one is really giving you direction that you can use, do you tend to focus more on that person or how do you deal with that? Yeah, and normally if you've got a really good uh, audio engineer, they will direct those questions or those directions to make them make a bit more sense because you get all kinds of weird stuff coming from the back of the room. Uh, and then, you know, the audio engineer acts like a translator, puts it into terms that you can understand. I mean, I've, I've worked with some really interesting guys, and one in particular, I think I talked to you about this recently, um, a guy called Paul, actually, if he's listening. Uh, he used to, if I, if I was reading a script with him and I get caught on a sentence or a couple of words or something, he would say things like, um, just if, if there's a, uh, a world-class sales force or something, you say, cross out the A, just black it out, and write a, a capital A upside down above it. And then when you start reading that script and get to that point, it just tricks, it triggers your brain into some other zone, and all of a sudden, everything seems to fit because it was rebooting everything. Uh, that was a, a really cool trick. I'm always telling people to read into it or read along with, um, you know, especially if you're trying to match up to something. That always, that's just more of, that's not really direction. That's more of like, here's a skill. Here's how you can operate within. I don't know if you do that, Andrew, if you're trying to match up to something and they feed you what you did before, you read along with yourself and get in the same pace and the same pitch and then you drop in. I always try and read along to a point where I can actually make it phase. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So you are you again. It's like you're stepping into your ghost. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I had a one of my 
early experiences with a producer was this guy who insisted that he was the only one who would talk to the talent. Everyone could say what they wanted, and then there would be one agreement, and then he would press the talkback button and sort of do the translation thing. But the idea was to keep all the confusion out of the way and keep the session moving along. And it generally worked, although I haven't seen that happen really ever except for that example. But it was sort of a very strong-handed way of keeping a session without going crazy with direction and um, you know keeping it clear for the talent. Mm. Yeah, it's always uh, it's funny that I always see that as my role in those sessions is okay. You know, I've, it's my job to keep everybody calm, keep the communication lines open. You know, keep the uh, if the if you can see the voice talents getting a bit frustrated, make sure mm-hmm. they know that I'm on their side. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. This guy's a fucking nutter. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I reckon one of the uh, the worst things I ever did, and when I was certainly kicking off in this business. Um, I thought it would be uh, helpful for me to say after we've gone down the, the road of doing about 30 takes, can I just try something while we're here? Or I've got an idea. Do you want me to – I'll do one more read with what's in my head, which, of course, is an absolute no-no. It always went down badly. Yeah, but see, I always throw to that. See, that, that – Yeah. yeah like, my- like, like, usually that's offered up to the talent at the end of the session. Totally. Like, give us one the way uh, you were thinking. For me, that's always the last thing is like once once everyone at the back of the room is happy and they're like, okay, great, and they're about to stand up, it's like, hang on, just before you go, let Andrew, just give us one more the way you hear it, just out of interest. And I, it's amazing how many times, and then and then the talent and then the talent bows out and says, "You know what? I think I think I really like what we yeah. have." Well, it gives them that opportunity at least. Done. It gives them the opportunity exactly. to go. You know what? I've given these fuckers fifty takes. That's enough. Or <laughs> it gives them the opportunity to go. Well, actually, you know what? I think I do have a better one. Um, yeah, please don't air what you just directed me to do. Can we please do a different <laughs> one right. that maybe you'll pick? But it's funny how many times all the bums on the back at the back of the studio hit the seat again. When they hear that, they're like, oh, actually, hang on, can we do that again? But can we, you know what I mean? It's, oh, um, yeah. It's interesting. And then you're back into it. Yeah, yeah but that's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, you know, the, hopefully the, for, for, for the voiceover artist and for me as the engineer, who's the, the face of the studio, that has the, the, the creatives leaving going, fucking hell, that was great. You know, they were really helpful. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And going back to this, the agency and telling someone how good I was. So, so what can also happen is you get a creative who's got a particular idea in their mind and the session starts and you've kind of seen this before, you know how the session, how it should read, how it should sound. And inevitably that's what the end client has in mind. But instead, for some portion of time, you have to entertain kind of going down this road that might seem against your instincts. And then at the very end of the session, you're able to, you know, maybe do the in a sense, the engineer's version of this, or if the talent's offered that, which is sort of like, here's the read that will probably work, that will probably make the end clients happen or happy. We know it's not art. It's nothing revolutionary, but here's what's expected of us. And I think that often happens where people go down um, tangents and they and they don't actually collect enough takes of just really what they need. Mm. I think there's something to be said for bashing it around again, although, too. I mean, even though that, you know, we all know creatives probably go in with a read in mind, it would be interesting to know Mm -hmm. how many times they walk out and go, well, that's actually not what I heard, but I think it's better. I mean, sometimes it's really cool. It's not that it doesn't work. It's just that sometimes you know what the client is expecting. For instance, we always end up, you know, for certain types of 
genres of spots, you always capture a read with more energy because inevitably someone's direction when they hear it is like, oh, can, can, can they be happier and more excited about it? Like, okay, <laughs> we happen to have one. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes sometimes it's the take that you, you record that you hope you don't need. Um, but better better to have that than have to do a new session. Here's an interesting one, though. Um, I was talking to uh, one of the audio engineers here in Melbourne, and uh, because of COVID, he had to set up at home and work remotely. And he was saying he prefers to do that because um, he finds the sessions go much quicker if people are online as opposed to sitting behind him. And I think it's got to do Amen. with distraction. Oh, totally. And the fact that there's... It also another- has to do with no one is there being pampered, so there's no need to stick around. That's what I was going to say. It's, it, that's got to do with more with the fact that, hang on, I've just ordered my second cup of coffee and it hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> I can't finish this yet. Yeah. I think that's more the point. Yeah. Or more, more to the point is lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm still waiting for the smoked salmon sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, 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 you'd go to go to a studio, a big commercial studio, and I guarantee between nine and ten, they may have a few people in there having coffee. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be quiet, and then it'll be flat out at lunchtime, and then it'll be quiet until eleven to come two. Out, the drinks trolley arrives. Yeah, absolutely. Eleven to two is like everyone would book their session. Yeah, you know, it was. It's true. Lunch yep. is a big thing. And Absolutely. it's like, are you, are you here to work with us or are you here for the lunch? That's right. And the poor old voiceover artist, well, probably not so much the voiceover artist, but the poor old audio engineer ends up having lunch at 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like usually you just you usually just eat your lunch and try to keep as little or as much of it out of the faders as you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you were lucky. The guy who owned the, the, um, the, the studio where I worked, you, the audio engineers weren't allowed to eat. You had to... Um, we had to wait till yeah, after. Yeah, no, session. it's, I mean, like, oh, is that right? working wow. through lunch is what makes everyone work. It's like, Hello, oh, Greg, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, it's, um, it's funny though. It's, I mean, it's I, a way to even sell more time in the studio, you know, like stay, stick around for lunch. Like, true. Oh, we got an hour, let's exactly. play around with the audio. Oh, mate, there's places like, um, uh, where can I think of, uh, well, Songzu here in Australia and um, Stella Sound, where they have their own kitchens, you know, they're making lunches. So, oh, yeah. There's so, places you know, in LA that have their own kitchens and, yeah. and that whole huge setup. Yeah, they provide chefs, yeah. the whole lot, totally. I mean, you yeah. pay $500 and an then, hour to make a radio spot and, you know, probably spend six hours there, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> at, least yeah. you get, at least you get lunch and it's not your money, I suppose, at the end of the day, so who cares? <laughs> I reckon the worst thing about that is when you're the talent, you're just looking through the window at everybody eating and you're starving. <laughs> That's right. I've I've been in a few sessions where, especially when they do the thing where, you know, talk about wanting direction and approval, they'll ask the talent to stick around, uh, maybe even pay them a session fee so that they can call the client up and get approval and make sure that they don't need to throw the talent back in. And when that happens across lunch, I've seen many times where they've bought the talent lunch. Yeah. It's never happened to me. <laughs> I, I I think the other part of like you know the post houses with all the snacks and food flying around and masseuses is like um, especially whatever pool tables. It's a way of keeping assistants and employees happy to be there all the time. You know, mate. If you've got masseuses, can I come work a, at someone? That's, that's such a bad place to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're not there. Yeah, unless yeah. you are a masseuse, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, it's, it's interesting. Getting, I mean, just getting back to the direction thing quickly. I, I very rarely 
well, actually fairly regularly. Back in the days when I was at, at George Pat's, the advertising agency, I'd get dragged in. I became the, um, the, the guide voice guy. You know, they'd be editing away and I'd Covered get dragged in. To be. Yeah. Can you come, can you come, can you come voice? And I have been on the other side of the glass and taken some fairly goofy direction where you're just standing there going, I have no idea what you want, but try this. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. so I, I've got a hell of a lot of respect for, for some poor people who have to sit through a lot, no doubt. The nightmare direction, I well, it wasn't probably nightmare direction, but I was. Uh, this is the one nightmare session I had. Um, we just could not get this read to down properly, and I didn't know what they were asking me to do. I, I couldn't work out the direction. And all I could hear was the producer from the agency, when, every time the talkback opened, just going... <sighs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my God. And it got to the point where she got up and walked out. And then the audio engineer said, look, we'll just uh, just do one more take. And so we did another read. He goes, yeah, yeah, that, that's it. That's what we want. That's great. That's perfect. I went, oh, okay, cool. So I've walked out. And as I'm walking down the corridor, I can hear the producer on the phone saying, how long will it take to get him here? Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. So I've been in a similar situation uh, as the audio engineer working on a spot and the the creative i think it was the writer you know decided very quickly within one or two takes that they didn't like the person they auditioned and uh had me do one or two more takes and say thank you we got what we want see you later exactly what happened with you andrew and then yeah in this case the spot had to ship so and it was uh it was kind of um it was later at night it was like certainly like you know after six almost or seven and uh, so the the <laughs> the writer looks at me and is like, you know, you kind of have the right voice quality. Why don't you go try? So I go in there and I read the line. It's just really just illegal at the end of something. And uh, two takes. Or actually one take, three in a row. I cut myself in, shipped the spot. I made, I'll just say, a couple thousand dollars. It aired for whatever the normal cycle is. And then, um, you know, a couple of weeks later, a month or so later, I, uh, I'm the engineer replacing myself. Might have been two months later or something, I think. Nice. Well, my claim yeah. to fame is I got to be Chevy Chase's stand-in. We did a, um, a campaign oh, wow. for a, 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 a um, car insurance company over here and um, Chevy Chase was paid to be the face of it and all the um, radio and TV stuff uh, had to be made um, in like one day. Basically, they had a day for a shoot and then they had a day for, for pickups and all that sort of stuff. So, so we madly put all the radio spots together first so that we knew all the timings for everything and all that sort of stuff. And so I got to be the I, – I think I spent three hours in the voice booth in the, the other audio studio at the agency one day, voiced all the radio spots and, um, and yeah, then got royally shafted by Chevy when it was finally done. But um, that's my claim to fame. I get to stand in for Chevy Chase. <laughs> so you're the, well, the scratch track, I've, I've seen it be a very coveted spot to be, um, especially when they're doing the picture editorial, because the clients will live with that scratch track for weeks yeah. as they're you know going through the different edits. And then when they do the audition you know there's demoitis and they they've heard that and you're basically auditioning against the scratch track and um i've seen more than one assistant who have picked up very regular and good vo gigs um 
And and really, the, the funny thing is, sometimes people quit, and they're like, oh, I'm a voiceover. And sometimes it's just that they landed one gig, and they're not really, you know, a couple years later, they're out of it, or they're not doing well. Um, I, like, really, the ones that have done best have just kept doing their assistant job, or maybe at some point, they're, they're editors. The other situation is when you're the, the one union member in a, like, say, a post house or in an office, and they need someone really quick, and they have to be a union uh, talent because they don't want to deal with Taft-Hartley, and they're a, it's, the job is, you know, with a union signator. So who's a member? <laughs> Get in the booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's, how you, that's how you win that audition. Yeah. But it's funny though. I mean, I think I think the trick though is with that stuff is knowing your place. I mean, there's so many times that people have said to me, you know, you should be a voiceover artist. You've got a good voice, but I, I don't know whether I do have a good voice or not. But I certainly know that I can't use it. <laughs> you know, I, I certainly know that I couldn't stand in a voice booth in any real seriousness and go, okay, direct me. I'm a voiceover artist. So I'm I mean, it's confident. also being able to like read well. Like, like the other thing is. You know, beyond just, I, I, I think these days people are looking sometimes less for, you know, big pipes or this type of voice or that type of voice. And they're often looking for just normal, natural sounding. But it's still another thing to be able to take a script and read it and not have to, like, deal with it for a while and just quickly give results to people. Um, that's a whole different level of stress. Yeah. Well, and as we've talked about in this episode, you know, understand direction and take direction and implement direction as well. Yeah, and, and get good direction. That's yes. key, I think. <laughs> yeah, like keying in on the one person in the room who's actually making sense. I was going to say one of the, the toughest type of directions to take is like if someone's giving you, um, like read it as if this situation that you're supposed to relate to. Like remember the last time you were walking down the street and you fell in the manhole mm. and how surprised you were when you landed <laughs> at the bottom? Like that, like what? Yeah. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. <laughs> There's a, uh, this, will, this will probably only make sense to Australians because they'll know the voices that I'm talking about. But there's a guy that I worked a lot with, a guy called Steve Britton, who was the voice, the station voice for the radio station that Andrew and I worked at called Triple M. And he's your big, booming, you know, I, I guess you guys in the States would call him hard sell sort of voice. And I remember, I wasn't in the session, but he came into the station one afternoon and he'd just come from another session. And the direction from the back of the room was, (laughs) was, could he sound a bit more like Holger Brockman? Now, Holger Brockman is basically, he's he's not, Holger Brockman's got a similar sort of voice, but a completely different sound. (laughs) <laughs> it was just I think I think Steve's sort of parting words were next time why don't you just hire Holger <laughs> exactly well, well they do right. that. that's bizarre yeah. and also yeah. offensive yeah totally that's right so um so yeah anyway but there you go it's it's just how I guess the point is how insensitive some people are to the direction that they're giving people seriously like like can you that's great can you now read it well Yes. <laughs> if someone says to you, you know, um, can you read like blah, blah, who you are, your competition, you're yeah. always competing against this person. That's right. It's like, that's so inf- offensive, you know. Mm, totally. Just hire a whole you, you give them, and then you say, uh, well, that 100% read I was going to give you has now become the 50% read. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And guess what? The price just doubled. Because <laughs> 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 it's now a character voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, dear. Oh, well, 
I think we've nailed that one, haven't we? I think so. Yeah. I have not. I have, that's that's all I have to say about that. This show was mixed by Voodoo Sound, edited by Andrew Peters, using Source Connect Now and Rode microphones, with technical support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. You're